1971, when Nixon took us off the gold standard, we became, our currency became purely based on the issuance of debt. And we began a super cycle by consistently lowering interest rates and encouraging everyone, governments, corporations, and individuals to take on even more debt. Many have asked about this book, The Great Taking, and we're going to talk about that today because really the system is has been so abused, the debt levels are so high, some of it's based on collateral, some of it's not based on collateral, but in this, it's the taking of all collateral. So when you hear people talk about the greatest wealth transfer in history, it's the great taking. And we're going to talk about it coming up. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst at ITM Trading. And I would like to welcome you to the new year. Can't believe it's 2024. And what an interesting year this is most likely to be. There are a lot of things that I see coming up, but definitely the great taking is one of them. So what's this book about? And by the way, I think Taylor Kenny is coming out also with a video on this on Sunday since so many people wanted to talk about it. And, and what this does is just kind of put in small format size what we've been talking about for years and years and years. And what is the great reset but a shift in the collateral from the many to the few. What's inflation? A shift from the many to the few. So this is really what we've been talking about. Now, what is this book about? It's the taking of collateral. Globally synchronized debt accumulation super cycle, which is what has been engineered by the central banks by consistently lowering interest rates at the peak, uh, they were at intraday, I think it was 21 and change interest, down to zero and was held at zero for 15 years. But it includes, this great taking includes all financial assets, all the money on deposit in the banks, all stocks and bonds, and hence all underlying property of all public corporations. And I know that this can seem outrageous, but the difference between inflation and hyperinflation is simply the speed of that inflation. If it happens slowly, it still happens. You just don't notice it. Privately owned personal and real property financed with any amount of debt will be similarly taken, as will the assets of privately owned businesses which have been financed with debt. And keep in mind that if you owe somebody money on that collateral and you can't pay it, guess what? They're going to take that collateral away from you. Private, closely held control of all central banks and hence of all money creation has allowed a very few people to control all political parties, governments, their intelligence agencies, major corporations, and of course, the media. And everything, we have a semblance or an image of choice, but in reality, everything is owned by a very few people. 
and these entities have been consolidating over the years, the banks particularly since 2000. When a bank fails, the good assets go to the few, and then, and then the, the bad assets are absorbed by the many, the taxpayers, right? So by controlling the narrative, that's that perception management where they wanna control how you think and therefore how you move into and through a circumstance. And it's easier to get people to cooperate with deception because once you know the truth, you make different choices and that takes away some level of their control. And remember, we vote with our wallets and we vote with our purses. And so this is my vote, it's out of the system. And as the Bank for International Settlements so aptly states, gold, physical gold in your possession is the only financial asset that does not run counterparty risk. Therefore, does not risk the loss of that collateral. Money is an extremely efficient control system if you have everybody bought into the same system because all they have to do is push a button and create devaluation. And they can even do that by decree pretty easily. So keep that in mind. Money is an extremely efficient control system. If you are dependent upon the money that you earn from the system by design, you are earning less and less over time through inflation. Remember, they knew two key pieces when they set the system up. Number one was that people marry the legal money of the state. And they cannot help but think that at some point it must regain some of its former glory, which it never does because by design, being debt-based and the interest you have to pay on that debt and the ability of central banks to print us into oblivion. See, there's lots and lots of data on this. It is the same old story over and over again, which also means that there are repeatable patterns that if you can learn how to see them, you can make different choices and not be subject to this great taking. And then finally, the money control system breaks down at the end of a monetary super cycle with collapse in the velocity of money. So let's examine that. This is something that we've talked about a lot and it's also something I said, when this shift occurs in a pervasive way, then I believe we will be at the beginning of the hyperinflationary cycle. So we're gonna look at that right now. And what you're looking at here is the M2, the money supply. It's not the total money supply. They took that away from us, the M3 in 2006, but the M2 we'll just use as a proxy. And you can see how much and how quickly we have printed money into oblivion. But look at what we're facing right now, which is a decline in the M2. So money is actually when they're tightening. Do you see anything that looks like that leading up to this point? And this is from 1960. And that would be an absolute no. So notice the deflationary shift in the money supply. This is a pattern shift. 
it is an indication. Even if you don't know what it means, it, it doesn't really matter. What this tells you is things have changed or are changing or in the process of changing. This is a heads up that we have entered a new part. And I think the beginning of the hyperinflation, even though the IMF came out and said, oh, look at this. The Fed has engineered a soft landing. Oh, zippity doo dah. Great, great day. This is not over yet. And the IMF is just doing their job, which is to keep you comfortable and keep you in the system. It ain't over yet. It ain't over by a mile yet because this debt super cycle is over and the central banks popped it themselves. Now, what you're looking at here is the velocity of the money supply. And it was in 1997 when we hit our peak right there. And you can see how much that has declined. And I tried to line this up so that you could see that one is coordinated with the, with the other. Because up until the recent shift, no matter how much money they pushed into the system, the velocity of money, the times that the number of times that money changes hands has been plummeting. So it's like pushing on a string and it takes more. And we've, we've seen this certainly through all of the money printing in the QE, no matter how much more they did, it really didn't move the envelope enough. And it's like any other kind of drug. The more you take, the more you need just to feel normal. So the more that it's taken of the money printing to make things appear normal, but they're not normal. And now you can see this shift where money is changing hands a lot more quickly. Part of that is due to the inflation that we've been experiencing. You know, if they can keep it at 2%, then they're still getting a decline in the purchasing power value of the currency, but you don't notice it. You don't make changes in asking for more money from your job or even in the choices that you make and how you spend your money. But when inflation happens noticeably, you start to make the different changes. And you can see from here that changes are definitely being made. And I want you to notice something, okay? This peak hit in the first quarter of 22. Well, when did the shift in money spending happen? And that was in the third quarter of 2021. So the shift had already taken place with more money chasing fewer goods. And this is why I'm telling you, hey, I could be wrong, right? This is not something that's within my control, but I've been in these markets on some level since 1964. And I've been a stockbroker, I've been a banker, I've paid attention to currencies and the life cycle of currencies since 1987. And I'm telling you, we are at the end. There's no doubt in my mind. That's why I've done everything that I've done with my urban farm and the bug out location and everything else. No more procrastinating. If you haven't clicked that Calendly link yet and set up a time to get your own personal strategy in place, I suggest you do it today, now, this moment, because I can't tell you 
when all choices will be lost. We're seeing spot over 2000 bucks an ounce. It's still dirt cheap to its fundamental value. So again, it bottomed the monetary velocity bottomed in Q3 of 2021. And then we saw the shift after that in Q1 of 2022 in the money that's in the system. Personally, I think the hyperinflation has already begun. And all of this is smoke and mirrors that you're seeing around there. The IMF coming out and saying, oh, look at the Fed. Oh, no recession. We have not felt how bad this is going to be. But the more they protest, he thinks they protest too much. They know what I'm showing you. They know even more than that. But the reality is, is that inflation has created a dark cloud over how everyday Americans view the economy because they're the ones that are paying attention to the gas prices, to the food prices, and maybe having to make choices on whether or not they put food in the fam on the family table or gas in the car to get to work or not get to work or, or what have you. So they want us to think one thing, but I'm thinking that the American public is starting to wake up to this. Residual anger about high inflation in recent years appears to have soured consumers views of the economy. That's not a good thing. Since the consumer is 70% of the economy, we need them to keep consuming. People are still angry about the inflation we saw in 2021 and in particular 2022. There's something about the salience of the bill for lunch that you see every single day that just maybe resonates in your brain relative to the pay increases you get once a year. So by design and from the beginning, what, why was the fiat money set up in, in 1913 to begin with? Number one, because government wanted to tax you without having to go through legislation and inflation does that because they're the ones that get to use the money first when it has the most value by the time it trickles through the system and we get it, it has a far less purchasing power value. And number two, corporations wanted to pay you less, but they knew if you're used to getting 10 bucks, you're not going to accept five. But if they can make that 10 bucks spend like five, then you that creates that nominal confusion in both cases where you're looking at a higher number. So you think you're getting more, but inflation is moving much more quickly than the raise in wages. And so in reality, corporations are paying you less and less. And this is what has enabled that wealth and income inequality. But people are starting to wake up and things are shifting. And I hope they wake up fast enough because we vote with our wallets. And this is my vote. The discontent comes even as a strong labor market appreciating home values and a stock market rebound has made some positive about their financial situation because there's nothing more depressing than opening up your 401k statement and seeing your holdings go down. So if they can make things appear to be going up, then you feel wealthy. You're more likely to continue to spend. 
But in reality, when you go to the grocery store, when you go out for dinner, when you go out for lunch and you see those new prices, I mean, doesn't it give you cause for pause? Doesn't that make you wonder what's really happening here? And if you understand the truth, because the truth is, is we're at the end of, of this whole fiat money experiment at the end. Another potential problem, the average person may not completely understand that some inflation is considered normal. Who's that considered normal by? Because inflation is not a monetary phenomenon. It's a fiat money phenomenon. It's by design because, because inflation creates nominal confusion. Nominal confusion is really simple. You had a $20 bill a year ago. You got a $20 bill today. It's the same $20 bill. But what that $20 bill bought you a year ago, six months ago, a week ago, and what it buys you today is vastly, vastly different. That's where your gold comes in because gold holds your purchasing power over time. They can manipulate it. They can make it look this way or that way. The truth lies in the physical only markets where you can see these coins making new highs and especially in the ultra rarities, which are where the one percenters hang out. But okay, some inflation is considered normal by central banks. And in fact, the Federal Reserve, which sets U.S. monetary policy, aims for 2% increases in prices each year. That's so that it's low enough that you don't ask for more money and you don't make any of those changes. Deflation is when prices decrease. It actually is seen as bad for the economy because have we not witnessed that it is very important for banks to make a profit, for corporations to make a profit, and for the public to eat it on the chin. Have we not seen that over and over and over again? Deflation, if you have more money to buy goods and services, why is that a bad thing for you? But the reality is, is there's only one way to fight inflation, and that's with deflation, and only one way to fight deflation, and that's with inflation. And the way the system has been set up, it's deflationary. And you can see that from the decline in interest from the 70s to the 80s, et cetera. And so, yeah, you use the, the inflation to counter that. And interest rates were the key tool in regulating the rate and speed of inflation. So when interest rates were anchored, for 15 years at zero and encouraged so much debt from governments, from corporations, from individuals. Well, if your income keeps pace with it and the confidence re is retained in the currency, you can make it last a long time. And so people get used to it like that's the norm. But the reality is, it's a, it's a Ponzi scheme. And in the end of it, whatever assets that you hold wealth to, you better have a strategy on how to pay that wealth off immediately. Because if you're counting on this to do it, it's not going to do it. Not if this is what you're holding on to. If you're counting on this to do it, and then when you need to pay off that mortgage or the other fixed rate debt that you have, 
you converted into there at that time, guess what? That's the government's strategy. You get to repay that debt with dollars that have virtually no value. So what might take a hundred thousand today? I'm going to show you this because there was another just recent devaluation and I'm going to show you what that looks like yet again, but you get to repay, you liquidate as much as you need to and you repay that debt and it'll cost you a whole lot less tomorrow. If you're in the right place at the right time with the right asset than it does today. Cause the reality is, is inflation is that hidden tax in fiat money. And it is absolutely what has enabled that wealth inequality. But even so, if everything is built on debt, when things go cattywampus and you can't repay that debt, then it becomes a domino effect because it doesn't just impact you, but it impacts the lenders, whoever loaned that money to you. If the collateral is now worth less, than the debt that you have on that collateral, you're not even going to want to pay it. And then if it impacts the lenders, then it's harder to generate even more debt, which is what this whole system is based on. Can you see the problem? And that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the taking of all of that collateral. Government backed fiat money is the wealth transfer tool because they knew that people marry legal of the money of the, the legal money of the state. This is what we're talking about. What you're looking at here is income inequality from 1820 through 2022. Here's where it bottomed in 1980. So the shift to take us and put us on a purely debt-based standard with the central banks in control occurred in 1971. Then, we bottomed in 1980, or the, this is, this is the 1%. Well, let me put that in there. Okay. So the sort of burnt orange line is pre-tax national income returns on the bottom 50%. So in the purchasing power, we peaked in 1980. That was the most purchasing power that you had. And you can see how drastically that's changed through 2022. And that straight line down there, thank you, inflation, it became apparent to all. The blue line is the pre-tax national income of the top 1%. So the debt-based system put in place in 1971 kicked into gear in the early 80s. And for those of us that were alive then, you might recall the greedy 80s, and so this is as they were making the transition and it happens every time you allow a group to make a lot of money and it to be very, very visible. And then they don't realize that anything has changed when in reality, everything has changed. And we are already going through this change because how do you go below zero? I mean, that's the question that I keep answer asking and I'm not hearing anybody really answer that question because they're not paying attention to the purchasing power. The purchasing power is essentially at zero. So let's take a look at this, which is wealth inequality. Same time, well, this is from 1913 to 2022. 
Okay, now this is the net, let's see, the net personal wealth of the top 1%. Again, it bottomed in 1980 and it has grown quite nicely ever since, thanks to all of that debt. Now, what's really interesting is how much of those assets are still tethered to debt because ultimately all of those assets are going to come back onto the market for whoever is holding their purchasing power, right? What I'm trying to talk to you into is taking advantage of the opportunity. We can't get out of the way, but you can get into a position to retain the wealth you've already accumulated and to grow your wealth base. If you're in the right place at the right time with the right asset, right? And that's just a repetition of history as well. So, Net personal wealth of the top 1% has grown quite nicely since 1980 and declined quite nicely for the middle 40% at the same time zone or the same time frame. And what you need to understand is that wealth never disappears. It merely shifts location. So you can see it went from the many to the few, it went from the many, the many to the few. This whole system has what's enabled income and wealth inequality. Make no mistake about it. The era of debt money is the era of extreme income and wealth inequality, even worse than it was in 1929 quite honestly. And they were kicking that system off. That was the beginning. This is the end. Argentina. I want to talk a little bit, a bit about Argentina because it's a great example of what is coming in our relatively near future. I can't tell you exactly when, but it's coming. Argentina's Millet starts shock therapy by devaluing the peso by 50%. Wow. That's pretty shocking. Shock therapy. I already did that. Who does this really hurt? Who's really shocked the most? People that don't sit in gold. I'm going to show you that in a second. But your salary in the private sector, in the public sector, in the popular, in social and solidary economy, in the cooperative or informal sector for retirees and pensioners, will you, you will get half in the supermarket. Do you really think that people are not going to protest? Are we on the verge of a global revolt? That's my hope. I mean, I hope that it is a nonviolent revolt and we can do that just by voting with our wallets, just by buying gold and silver and getting your wealth out of the system or at least get it properly properly balanced so that if everything you hold in the stock market and the bond market goes away, this goes up. And so you have maintained your wealth. Again, if you have not clicked that Calendly link and gotten your strategy in place, get it in place. And the sooner the better, because by design, when they do this, it's those that are not holding gold. So the most vulnerable that are the ones that suffer the most. Just keep in mind, you vote with your wallet. Food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community and shelter, 
you got to have these things in order to sustain a reasonable standard of living. And I've got to remind you of this because how can they take all of this wealth? And, and you know, read the book. It was a great read. And, and like I said, Taylor's going to break it down even further. But I wanted to remind you of really who legally owns all of these fiat money assets because it's not you. The legal owner is up here at the top and it's seed and company, DTCC. And who owns that? But all this small banking conglomerates, they're the ones that own it. They're the legal registered owner. That's the only owner that is acknowledged at court. You are way down here on the bottom. So you make all of those deposits and take all of those risks, but everybody between here, you're just the beneficial owner. And so is everybody in between. So when they're talking about that great taking, that's why all of that collateral is vulnerable because it's done on debt. And even let's talk about um, residential real estate for a minute. Let's say your house is paid off, which a lot of people's homes are paid off. Thank goodness. So you're saying, well, I'm not doing that on debt, but cities, states, municipalities, how do they generate income taxes and real estate is immovable. You cannot put it on your back and walk away with it and go somewhere else. So you have to make sure that you have, and I don't do it with this. There's another tool that I use. I do it with gold. There's different kinds of gold. There's different levels of gold, depending upon what you need to accomplish. But the strategy that we execute can determine the most likely amount of gold in the different forms that you need to be able to pay off your mortgage, pay your property taxes, etc. So it's critically important that you get this and you get into place as quickly as you can, because as I showed you in the monetary velocity chart, things are shifting, things are changing, and we don't know the exact moment when all choice will be lost. But what we do know, thanks to this Yale law study, is that you are not the legal registered owner of those fiat money products. And you can only convert them back into this garbage, right? Which means that when all confidence in the currency is gone, you have nothing, nothing. And are you ready to work from scratch again? Because if what they have in mind, they get to pull off. Yeah. The reality is if you don't hold it, you don't own it. And all of that collateral that's been used by God knows how many companies between you and the legal owner, think back to 2008. What happened was disgusting, evil, despicable, and everything else. But who went to jail? No one. Because they're the ones that write these contracts on this stuff. And you don't read the contracts, but the reality is you got to hold it. You got to own it. And gold is the only financial asset that runs no counterparty risk. Everything else, everything else is counterparty risk and is being used as collateral, which will evaporate. 
from one hand to the other. Remember, wealth never disappears. It merely shifts location. And I've had people question, well, Lynette, how do you know that they're going to revalue the currency against gold? Well, number one, because gold is the primary currency metal. And we've been watching global central banks amass more gold than they ever have since tracking of how much they're accumulating began. They're getting ready for resetting the currencies. Number two, because gold is 100% functionality and 100% intrinsic value. And I know that I'm repetitive with a lot of this stuff, but that's because it takes the normal person at least seven times of hearing the same thing before it begins to make sense. This is all intrinsic value because it is used in every single sector of the global economy and they have never been able to recreate its attributes in a lab. So gold, and the same thing can be said for silver. So gold and silver are, have the broadest base of buyer and the broadest base of functionality. And if you're going to reset something that has absolutely zero value, you reset it against something that's all value. And gold has been proven over and over and over again to have the confidence of the masses. You look no further than what's happening in Zimbabwe with them issuing gold coins and trying to do a gold-backed CBDC, which is cloudier, okay? But they know that all confidence in that currency is lost because of the ongoing hyperinflation because they don't change behavior, but they don't change behavior here or anywhere. They just change how they account for that behavior. But going back to what we said in the beginning with, with the normal public being really disillusioned because their experience is too in your face now. They see it too much and too easily. And that's my hope, is that enough people wake up, vote with their wallets, make sure that they have food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter so that they can sustain a reasonable standard of living. We can come together in community and say no. And as we've been learning from the gains and the wins from the unions, When enough people come together, they got to hear our voices. So that's my hope. But let's go back to here because this is the reset, right? And this is the U.S. dollar versus the Argentinian peso, okay? So you can say, well, look, Lynette, they revalued the Argentinian peso against the dollar. And look at the dollar went ba-bam, straight up. That's on 1213, so just a couple weeks ago. So look at it, doesn't that mean that the dollar is good? Well, again, have you been out to eat lately? Have you been to the grocery store lately? So you're trading one fiat for the other, and it's this, it's the simple fact that the Argentinian peso was devalued overnight, and the US dollar was devalued, well, 
with the inflation heating up, that's what made it noticeable. But if they can keep it under that radar, you stay in it and you don't realize it. And it really is like a spring. If you hold a spring down, because this is a suppression of gold prices to its true fundamental value, you hold that spring down. When you release that spring, it shoots in a direction. And this is still not the spring. I'm going to keep looking, but it shoots in a direction. Monetary revaluations always have to be against more stable money. So at the moment, the dollar is a bit more stable than the peso, right? If I walk into your house every night over 30 years and I take one button, at the end of 30 years, I'm going to have an awful lot of your buttons, but you're probably not going to notice. If I go in tonight and take 95% of your buttons, tomorrow when you go to get dressed, you're probably going to notice that. That's the difference between inflation and hyperinflation. That's also the difference between revaluing one currency against another currency, which is a smokescreen so that you don't know what's going on and revaluing it against gold because all you have to do is look at the purchasing power of the US dollar to see how much that's declined. And it's only going to get worse as I showed you in the monetary velocity. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. And I'm not usually wrong about those things because I've been living in this arena forever. My job is not to keep you in the system. My job is to get you to protect yourself from what they intend to do. Because the more of us that understand what's happening and move forward appropriately, the more power we have collectively. We have to come together in community. Because that's not getting better. Now, this is spot gold versus the Argentinium peso. And in reality, gold, physical gold, is still worth a whole lot more than that. But you can see that it has the same kind of initial price action to a 50% revaluation. Can you see it? But physical gold is simply the most stable money there is. And if you want to know the US dollar to the physical gold market, I keep showing you that, which is making new highs, especially where the one percenters live in the ultra rarities. So what are you going to do, right? What do you want to go into this reset with? You want to go into it with dollars? And this is supposed to be, I don't know, the best horse in the glue factory? right? Because here's the opportunity if you hold your purchasing power. And this is what I really wanted to talk to you about today. Because Millet sets up Argent Argentina privatizations. Privatizations mean that they're going to sell off assets that the government holds to the public. Like, I don't know, let's say the official and the, and the chief police station. They're going to sell them off because they need the money and then they're going to turn around and lease them back for you because they need the police station. Right? You see what I'm saying? So opportunities are coming. This is not the time to be doing this and your pockets are likely not deep enough for this yet. But history has shown us over and over again 
that these opportunities will be will be There'll be so much of it if you can take advantage of them. Again, wealth never disappears. It just shifts location. So start looking at, gee, what would I like to own? Because by the time we see that cup formation on the bottom, when things have bottomed out, and I'm going to show you that because I'm going to show you when I'm starting to shift some of my gold holdings into these income producing assets when they are undervalued right now, you have gold down here. You have those other income producing assets up here, but that's going to flip flop. And once we see that cup formation, that's when we're going to start to convert somewhere near a bottom. And frankly, if I ever get you in at a bottom or out at a top, that's luck. I'm never looking, really looking to do that, but I know how to read the signs and that's what we want to do. So Repeal rules. So what they're doing in order to privatize and be able to sell this off to private entities, private corporations, individuals, that they repeal the rules that impede the privatization of state companies, uh, listing the reforms and bullet points. He added that all state businesses would have their legal structure changed to fully clear the path to privatization. That's going to happen here as well. With his privatization push, Millet mimics a similar policy pursued by ex-president blah, 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 the market-friendly leader of the 1990s who sold several strategic assets in an attempt to downsize government after a period of hyperinflation. This is a repetitive pattern. You want to be in the right place at the right time with the right asset. This is what puts you in that possession. Because again, I can't, I cannot repeat this enough. Wealth never disappears. It just shifts location. If you bought a stock at a hundred and it's sitting at a buck, that wealth didn't disappear. It just went to the person that sold you that stock at a hundred. Same thing with all of these real estate assets. Now what's going to survive because we're going through a complete transformation of the financial system, the social system, and the monetary system. We don't know that yet, but we will moving into the future. We will absolutely know. And when we see that the smart money has begun to accumulate, like we've seen the global central bankers do with gold, that's when we make our shift and we do it strategically. So you should be thinking about that now so that when the time comes, you're ready. But if you want to be ready, what you should be doing is accumulating gold. And there are different kinds of gold. So you want to accumulate, in my opinion, and what I've done personally, not what I think you should do, but what I've done personally is you want, I want to own the kind of gold that is least likely to be taken away from you or even if you say, well, I'm not going to turn in my gold. I want the kind of gold that legally I can use in the normal marketplace to take advantage of these opportunities that are coming. Thank you, Uncle Al. Seriously, thank you, Uncle Al. Because he was holding at least 3,000 ounces of gold when it was in the right form, when it was illegal to hold more than five ounces because he was holding it in the right form, the pre-33s. 
And since gold, spot gold is so severely suppressed and undervalued, it's a bargain. Even above 2,000 an ounce, it should be at least 15,000 an ounce minimum. And I don't know what that ratio is going to be yet. Nobody's going to know it until they announce it. But you just saw in Argentina, a 50% devaluation is not going to be the last one. So you really want to look at the last video that I did and uncovering the truth about who really controls inflation, because we are not inside of a true supply and demand market. We're inside of a Wall Street market. And Daniela had a phenomenal interview with one of my favorite people, George Gammon. We all know I love him so much. So you want to catch that interview. And Taylor, does the Fed have authority to issue a CBDC without Congress's approval? Well, you know, it's pretty easy to change the rules and the laws and, and all of that. So catch that video as well. So if you haven't, again, click that Calendly link below, set up a time with one of our strategy specialists, get your own strategy, not just in place to make sure that you are in the right place at the right time with the right asset, that you protect your current wealth that you've managed to accumulate and, and that you put yourself into a position to accumulate more because we are definitely going into a position where they'll just be the few. It's like the feudal system where they'll just be a few haves and everybody else that has to lease. I don't know about you, but I definitely do not want my children to be in that position. Make sure you subscribe, give us a comment, give us a thumbs up and watch the other videos, but so important, share, share, share. We do have that five minute video. I guess it's five minutes and 40 seconds, you said. Something like that. Um, so that is, com that is completed. And if you're watching this, you can watch it on our, I don't know if they put it on a landing page yet. Not yet. It'll be in the description of this video. It, sure. Okay. But it'll be in the, in the description on this video. And this is one that was specifically designed for you to share to people that don't believe it's not going to scare the crap. Well, it should scare the crap out of them, but it's not designed to scare the crap out of them. It's, it's designed to just open their minds just a little bit so that they can see what's happening. We don't need everybody to understand this. We just need to build and grow this community of people that understand it and are more and more vocal. And more and more people are waking up. So let's hope we can have a peaceful revolution back to sound money. And until next we meet, please be safe out there.